I have always been interested in this idea of why we shop, right? Like, why do we buy? Why do we consume? It's always been really fascinating to me. So I started to study the science of shopping. And and along with that, I've always been interested in the science of happiness. Mm -hmm. What are the things you can do to hack your happiness or their actual behaviors? And they just dovetailed. And what I saw is that people were using shopping to fill all these parts of themselves that they thought was missing. And guess what? It doesn't work. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama House Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom. And whatever your goals are, together we're making them a reality. This community loves a good conversation on decluttering and organization. And I think it's because even when we get good systems in place, we can always use a refresh or a retidy. And some of us are still looking for those systems. I know I can find myself in both depending on what room we're talking about and what season of life I'm in. And our guest today, Tracy McCubbin, is a decluttering expert and the author of Making Space Clutter Free. Her latest book, Making Space for Happiness, is also a great read. And Tracy looks at the root of our clutter to find the real cause and the ways to get real solutions. As the CEO of Clutterfly, she has helped thousands of clients clear the clutter in their lives to create space for positive life change. We talk about how to navigate clutter alongside family, especially when maybe you have a different definition of what that can look like. We talk about real action steps you can take and how to not get caught up in the big process, but be able to make little change along the way. We talk about her seven clutter magnets and what it means to be able to create a system in your home that you can keep coming back to. I love this conversation because Tracy keeps it real and lets you figure out how you can take your home from where it's at now to a better state for yourself without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling like you have to declutter and get rid of everything you own. We even break down some other decluttering experts' strategies and why they may not work for you. So if you're looking for a little more peace in your home, you're looking to be able to create happiness alongside that space that you're creating, this is the conversation for you. So dive in. Tracy, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on and talking to us on the show about the topic that I probably hear the most about. How do we keep our houses under control? How do we declutter? And how do we also do that alongside living life? Because it can be really hard to obtain all these things throughout our life and have a peaceful home. So I'm super excited. Thank you for being here. I want to just jump in and kind of get a little backstory. How did you get involved in helping people keep their lives together? That's great. So I have been, I own a business called Declutterfly. We are a professional organizing and decluttering business. I've been in business for 16 years, I think actually technically 17 now. And I was a person who came to this very circuitous route. I, I always said a lot of my life was figuring out what I didn't want to do. But then all those jobs, I was a secretary and I was the admin, I was a bookkeeper and they all led me here. So about 16, 17 years ago, I started doing jobs on the side. I was a personal assistant to someone and I just would take a job on the weekend or help somebody. And then I like to joke that my little flip phone started blowing up. And I was like, mm-hmm. a friend of mine was like, I think this is a business. I was like, what? I just help people. He's like, yeah, that's a business. So I made a website and 
that's 16 years, 17 years later and 12 employees and we're getting ready for national expansion, which is so exciting. So cool. And I think for me, you know, I've always been organized, but a really key component is I'm the child of a hoarder. Mm-hmm. So a parent of mine is an extreme hoarder. And I spent my life watching someone struggle with their relationship to their stuff. So it became very clear to me that this is not just about habits. It's about psychology. It's about emotional attachment. It's about the stories we tell ourselves. So I was very early on able to bring in that component. I also, you know, I had an immigrant grandmother and mm-hmm. my both of my grandparents lived through wars and the depression. And so I was, you know, they were farm, you know, farmers. And I just saw a whole, just how all of that plays into, you know, how we live in our homes and that it's not just about it being perfect on Pinterest. It's about how does your home function for you? And are you and your family happy in it? And does it work? Yeah. I love that because a system doesn't mean anything if you just set it up and you don't keep using it like in anything in life, not just organization. But I have been guilty of that. And I will, you know, most recently, I feel like and I'd love your opinion on this when everyone was kind of home during COVID (laughs) and there was like this real big spike of, okay, I'm going to do these things in my house. I'm going to, you know, get a bunch of clear boxes and labels and I'm going to organize in this way. How, since you've been in the business for much longer than that, what's your perspective on that? Was there this spike (laughs) during COVID or did it just feel that way to other people on the outside? It just felt that way. What really spiked in COVID is everybody overshopped. Everybody just shopped like bananas, like towers and towers of packages. And, you know, we looked like we were organizing and we felt like we were going to have all this free time. But especially if you had kids home. Like you were, you can, I don't know where people thought that COVID was like just a vacation. If you were, you know, Zoom schooling your kids or pod schooling your kids yeah. or homeschooling your kids or trying to figure out how to cook, it wasn't. People did not organize as much as they said they did or the news articles that they did. Yeah. And also, guess what? That's okay. We were dealing with so much. That's one of the things that I say, and especially to my mom client, like, you have to find a way, you know, organizing is a part of caring for your house. It's organizing, it's decluttering, and it's cleaning, right? Those mm-hmm. are your house tasks. And you have to find a way to fit them in. But you also, feeding your family, nourishing your family, sleep, your families, those are more important. So I always mm-hmm. like to just let people let themselves off a hook a little bit. And how can you get it? How do you get your house so it works as opposed to looks I don't even know what I don't even know what perfect means anymore, yeah. but we all have this idea. I, I, this is a soapbox I love to get on and we'll just dive in and people will yeah. come at me for this. But I think labeling laundry rooms is the decanting and labeling laundry supplies <laughs> is ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Like a colossal waste of time. First of all, it's not safe because yeah. the way that it looks like candy. And so mm-hmm. you're going to have a kid go in there. Second of all, why? Why are you going to put pretty bins and labels in your laundry room? It makes no sense to me. I'm a very practical, like, how do we make your house work? And look, if you love it, if you get your yas by labeling, knock yourself out. I personally think it's a waste of time. Yeah. And I love that just last part there because there are people, and I can be guilty of this in other rooms, 
where that brings them joy. They're like, I see this label, I see this container, and this makes me feel good. But we have a huge portion of our community that is carrying guilt because they saw someone else get joy from that. And they're like, my pantry doesn't look that way. My laundry room doesn't look that way. So I must be a hot mess. I must not be good enough or I must be doing it wrong. And I love that you're saying that's not true. That is not the case. And, you know, there's that part of decluttering. But you also I just want to get into more kind of like the bigger picture. So you talk about the seven clutter magnets. I want to break those down and what that is, because that's a little more broad. And then we can get into what decanting in each of those areas (laughs) looks like. Great. So the clutter magnets, it's super interesting. You know, as we talked about when when COVID started, we were really, we were over shopping. And I, I have always been interested in this idea of why we shop right? Like, why do we buy? Why do we consume? It's always been really fascinating to me. So I started to study the science of shopping. And and along with that, I've always been interested in the science of happiness. Mm -hmm. What are the things you can do to hack your happiness or their actual behaviors? And they just dovetailed. And what I saw is that people were using shopping to fill all these parts of themselves that they thought was missing. And guess what? It doesn't work. You know, that when you shop, you get a little hit of dopamine and you're like, oh, I feel better for 17 to 20 seconds. And then it does, you don't feel better anymore. And you're like, I must have to shop more to get that feeling. Yeah. So what the clutter magnets are, they're these stories, literally these like parts of ourselves that are, we think are missing. I always mm-hmm. imagine that they're like a little puzzle piece kind of out of our soul and we're trying to magnetize stuff to get in yeah. them. And, you know, so it's everything from, you know, true connection. Like when we're feeling lonely, do you find yourself shopping? You know, are you shopping late at night because you, you know, you don't have connection and you're a stay-at-home mom and you just see your kids and you're not getting your community, you know, to big love. Are you buying things to get your kids to love you? You know, do you Mm -hmm. feel like you have you have to get them gifts all the time. Grandparents are the worst about this. (laughs) Self-respect. You know, are you buying labels and clothing with labels and, you know, makeup and all this stuff to get your self-respect or your self-confidence? And, you know, I think one of the things that comes up a lot for my mom clients, too, especially the ones who choose to be stay-at-home moms, is what's their purpose? A lot of women, when they're wrestling, is my purpose to be a mom? Is that enough for me? Am I a bad mom? If it's not enough for me, let me like buy, you know, let me, I see this weirdly come up with crafting supplies where sort of moms are like, I'm a stay at home mom and I should have all this extra time. First of all, I don't know where you think you're going to, you know, I can bear, there's two of us in our house and we're adults and I can't keep up on it. But you know, it's like sort of buying all this crafting because, well, this is my purpose. I'm going to hand make all my kids, Chris, you know, Christmas ornaments. And yeah. so these magnets, seven of them, it's what we're trying to fill with stuff. And so in yeah. my book, Make Space for Happiness, I like to talk about how can you get that same fulfillment without stuff? Can you give us one of those? We want to make sure we'll link both your books down below in the show notes. But give us something today that they could implement. If they're sitting there listening and they're like, wow, I do that. Like, I, I'm looking for those puzzle, puzzle pieces. I'm filling them with stuff. What's one way they could make a shift today? This is my favorite one. This is such, if you can just in this, the change you will see is unbelievable. 
stop saying I need before you shop. Mm. Stop saying I need a new pair of leggings. I need a new water bottle. I'm going to I'm going to bet that you don't. I'm going to bet you don't need l- new leggings. I know for sure we don't need new water bottles. We've all got a million of them. So switch your l- word to just say it. I want a new pair of leggings. I want a new water bottle. And then it takes that like grip it has off of you. You're like, oh, I just want it. And oftentimes when that happens, the want goes away. You're like, oh, I was just mad at my husband or my kids were annoying me. And that's why I thought a pair of leggings. So if you could just switch your language, just switch your language about need versus want is a great one. Another one, my other really favorite is if you want to make a purchase and you can set your number, I say $100, some people say 50. So let's say we're going to name it $50. Wait 24 hours for every $50 it costs before you buy it. Mm. So don't be in the moment, you know, social. With social media, we're being marketed to all the time that these things are going to fix our problems and they make their own problems. So if you want to make a purchase, then wait. 24 hours. Yeah, it's so not needed in that moment, even though that you think it is. And I have heard people play the other side of this. They're like, what's on sale? And the sale ends during this time. And I would love to get your feedback on that. I know for me personally, when I look at that, I'm saving like $2. But I would love to. I would love to. This is great. The sale conversation is my favorite. If it's something that you and by the way, everybody buckle up because we've got prime days coming up. We've got Cyber Monday. We've got Black Friday. We've got after holiday sales coming at us. If it's something that you need and you have been waiting for it and it goes on sale, it makes sense. But if it's just something that you're buying because it's on sale, you don't. It doesn't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. and I also joke all the time. If everything's on sale, nothing's on sale. Yeah. Yeah. And as all these sales come at us, I'm telling people, do your homework and be intentional about your spending. What's your budget for the holidays? What's your budget? And, you know, I'll give a great example. We are about to need a new Vitamix. We use it all the time. My husband has repaired it. It is like the guy, the little guy's hanging on. And I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm going to look for on Prime Days. Is it a real bargain? But I think that thing of, oh, it's just on sale, you're still spending the money. And so do you need it? And I think oftentimes when we lean really into that, got to buy it in the sale, there's something else going on. There's Mm -hmm. something else inside of us we're trying to fill. I love that you bring that piece back to the psychology and your purpose and knowing and what puzzle pieces are you filling? Because it is looking at that and saying, what else should I be doing in this moment? What am I avoiding? And why am I looking to fill it here? And, you know, using your Vitamix as an example that exactly like that, there are things that maybe you need, you know, and it's better to buy it at that rate. But I know there was a lot of conversation this last Prime Day about how prices just go up and then they go back to really what they typically are. So maybe it's even like right now as you're listening to this, you think of that one to, I would say, hopefully no more than five things that you're like, I need and writing down what their prices are today and then seeing if there are any less. Is that like the best method to kind of That's that? fantastic. Let's say, yeah, let's say there's five things you want or, you know, five things you're thinking about for holiday gifts. What do they cost right now today? That That's a two set, you know, that's a 30 second internet search and make a little yeah. note. And then you can say, oh, this really is a deal. Another thing, this is like extra credit homework if people want to do it. But another thing you can do 
you can run a spending report from Amazon. Ooh. It takes a little bit to find. Like they don't like to send you there, but you can run a monthly spending report. And I like people to do that and then go through and check or highlight. Was this a want or a need? Was this a want or a need? And then you start to understand like, oh, those were just neat wants. I just wanted that. And what was going on with me that day that I did it, that I bought yeah. it? So let's unpack that a little more because that could lead to some shame. That could lead to some self-sabotage. How do you use that as data and information to move forward and not just sitting in the, oh my gosh, I spent X number of dollars that I shouldn't Change comes when you change your behavior, right? Real mm. change, change your behavior. And when you have data to support why that change is good, right? Like we know we need six to eight hours. I need eight plus. I have since I was little, right? Sleep yeah. at night. So I know all the data has shown science that scrolling on my phone till two in the morning is not good for me. So I acknowledge, yes, I've done it in the past. And I also realized it wasn't good for me doing it. I felt yeah. terrible. I was tired all the time. You know, we're so quick to beat ourselves up, but that doesn't, beating ourselves up doesn't make us change. Mm -hmm. You know, focusing, and, and this is important and it ties into this, you know, when people are starting on their decluttering journey, the first thing that I have them do is why? Why mm. do you want to declutter? And you can't say, oh, I'm lazy or I'm a bad housekeeper. Those are not wise. Those are judgment. Those don't count. I want my kids to be able to get themselves dressed in the morning without my help. I want, you know, to be able to use that extra room so grandma can come and stay and babysit. If you pick a why that is a positive that's going to benefit your life, that's the reason for it. Yes, you did. We can't go back and change the past. We can only yeah. change what we're doing forward. It's taking any kind of that data. Oh, okay. I spent a lot on Amazon. I'm carrying more debt, credit card debt than I'd like to. These were the behaviors that led up to it. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So when I think about decluttering, I kind of think of it in two buckets. And one is how do I get to baseline? How do I mm -hmm. get myself cleaned up? And then how do I sustain whatever I want to create? I'd love for you to talk a little bit about good habits and strategies to get to a place of breathing. If you're mm -hmm. in a place that you're like in complete overwhelm, and you just need to start kind of picking at things, how can you take action on that? And then maybe you're not in overwhelm or now you've gotten back to your baseline. What are some daily habits? That decluttering, organizing, and cleaning are three separate tasks. A lot of people, especially moms who are like trying to get things together at the end of the day, mush them together. It's just not possible. They're three very separate tasks. Yeah, Cleaning needs to happen more often right? That's what you have to do more often. Once you get decluttered, organizing is really just putting things back where they belong in the homes you've decided for them. And then decluttering's the kind of step you do before. So once yeah. people understand, because where a lot of people get tripped up is they try and do all three at once and they're very separate tasks. Yeah. I also think I like to tie the big declutters like Yep. around the season. Okay, we're at that, mm. you know, summer's over, kids are back in school, let's do, let's get rid of the bathing suits that don't fit anymore, the empty bottles of sunscreen, let's do it, let's get rid of that stuff that I know they won't use next year. 
next year. So I like to tie it around the seasons. Holidays are coming, you know, before birthdays. Do you do a pass of the playroom because you know more toys are coming? And then I also really encourage people to have a weekly decluttering practice that just once a week you take 15, half an hour and just go around, take a closet, take a drawer and just make it regular because the stuff doesn't stop coming in. Yeah. The stuff doesn't Tangibly, stop though, because even I'm listening to you say that and I'm like, OK, so once a week I walk in, I walk into my closet or the playroom. Like then once I'm standing there, like <laughs> how am I making the decision of what actual action to take? Like how am I deciding what I'm doing? That's great. So I'll just say one thing, too. I have on my social media. I'm, I think we'll link to that. I have five minute decluttering challenges and they're so specific and they're so fantastic and they're literally like you're gonna do socks that's all you're gonna do is socks you're gonna do coffee mugs you're gonna do your pen cup and they're so fine grain and for people who are juggling a lot or don't know where to start that's super successful because sometimes when you see the whole room like you said okay i'm standing in the middle of my playroom and i'm like i don't know where to start yeah so sometimes if you can break it down to okay today i am just going to focus on games that we've lost the pieces of that no one can play anymore. I'm just going to start there. So sometimes if you can really break it down specifically, it's very successful. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So helpful. So using that same like concept of breaking it down and doing little spaces and going back to the getting to the baseline versus the daily activity, right? So is that challenge framework on your social media, looking at those is that good regardless of what bucket you're in? If you're totally. just like, I'm trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. I have so many people the baseline. Totally. I have so many people that DM me and that say, I did the five minutes and all of a sudden I've done my whole house. Yeah. So it is crafted to, it includes the whole house. So if you can follow it and I've got, there's a playlist with them and I can't. So fun. Said, yeah, it's great. And th- so if you're really, also the nice thing about them is if you're, look, First of all, very few people wake up in the morning and be like, I want to declutter today. I do, but I'm, you know, that's why I do it for a business. So if you have these little five minute, this is what I'm focused on. I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do my coffee. Mug. That's what I'm focused on. And then all of a sudden, not only are you successful, not only can you get it done, which is the most important thing, yeah. but you also get, you get your muscle working for it. You're like, oh, this is what it feels like. Oh, okay. Great. Let me tackle this. Let me tackle bras. Let me tackle the kids' socks. Yeah. Let me tackle pool toys. And they're so specific that they really set you up for success. I love that. So there's things that can get in our way, right? So I think if we're like on this decluttering journey and I think, oh, roadblock, that's going to stop us from success, whether it's this challenge or anything else. And what of those things can be the people we share our home with? And so how if someone goes, they download this challenge, they're running around, they're like, oh, my gosh, I love Tracy. I'm knocking things out left and right. But the home isn't on board. What do you do? It's great. So I like to I joke. I recently today's my six month wedding anniversary. I just got married six months ago. Thank you. And I like to joke that the universe handed me the most amazing man who's oh so messy. He's so messy. He's clean, cleans the kitchen, does everything, but very messy. So I am living this in a way that I've never lived it. And the first to start, and this goes back to what you brought up about shame. 
mm-hmm. that a lot of people who are cluttery, have a lot of clutter, have been shamed about it their whole life, right? And so what I want, what I would say is start with a conversation about not your way's wrong and my way's right, but talk about how being decluttered and organized is going to benefit the community or the home, right? So for my husband, when I first met him, he lost his keys all the time, all the time. And I was like, there's a pole. This is where keys go. Took a bit. He doesn't lose his keys anymore. I'm like, this is why you're not like yelling at him. Why are we doing this again? It's like keys and bowl. When you need keys, they're in the bowl. So having the conversation about how this is going to benefit the community. And I'm telling you, it is never too easy early to start this conversation with kids. Yeah. Because, you know, what you're really doing in helping them be organized is setting them up for success and independence. Yeah. So it's if your closet is organized, you know, and even if that means that all your T-shirts are in a drawer and they just aren't even folded, but they're at least in one drawer, then yeah. you can go, you, my child, can go and get dressed on your own. But yeah. that if you can point out, you know, where why it the success of the worst, like every parent's worst conversation is, where's yeah. my you know, so it's if you put all of your stuffies here in this basket, when you want a stuffy, you know where to get it. And yeah. they catch on really quick. Like yeah. they see the success. So it is very hard. And I think it's about, for a lot of us, the way we're having the conversation, especially with our partner. You're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. It's, it's just, I want to make our family, I want our life to run smooth. I don't yeah. want to have this conversation. You know, I want to park our car in the garage. Can we declutter the garage so I can park my car in there? You know, really focusing on the positive outcome instead of the way that they're doing wrong. And then also kind of understanding my husband has a room, his office in our house. I don't go in there. I just can't. I don't go in there. I don't bug him about it. That is his space. We are lucky enough to have that, but I do not go in there. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because that is what's coming to my mind, though, is I'm thinking about, you know, there's there are benefits. And I think this is I'm going to say this is scientifically proven, but I don't know. But I believe there's probably like some science behind like knowing where things are and how that affects your nervous system and your daily activities and what that looks like. If that's like a factual benefit, but someone's not seeing that or they don't like your way, they don't like the clear bin or the bowl, they want to have, you know, hooks instead of a bowl. Or how do you have some of those conversations to figure out what's right for your family? Sure. One of it is to kind of implement it on a simple system because I've been doing this for 17 years. I've dealt with every kind of person. And after we worked, I've never had someone say I preferred it the other way. I liked it. I liked it messy. You know, that if you can do it in a smaller scale and they're like, oh, you know, oh, that's where I go to look for that. And that's where it is. And they feel that relief that they're not running around. I had a client whose husband loved papers, loved articles, cutting them out, loved them and was a writer and used it for research. And so I helped create a whole system of like boxes in his office and, you know, she called me up one day. She sent me a text and she's, so I created this whole system. So he had places to put everything. Yeah. Exactly. And so they were cleaning up the house, getting ready for a dinner party. And she was like, all of these papers. He's, oh no, I know where they go. And he scampered out and put them in his office. And she texted me. She's like, I have never been more attracted to my husband. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. 
But showing, you know, putting systems in a simpler form so that they can see the success and they can see that it makes their life easier. Because, yeah. yes, clutter causes stress. They de- the science is there. That we, there's no arguing it. They have done yeah. so they so many studies on it. And it really affects women. Mm-hmm. It, women who live in cluttered houses have a higher cortisol level which is our fight or flight and not good for us. So the the science is there. Your brain can only process so much information. And there's also this very interesting thing, and I don't know if you've talked about it on here, called decision fatigue. Have you talked about Uh, this at all? A little bit, but I'd love to dive into it. Yeah, so every piece of clutter, everything in your house is a decision that has to be made. Do I want it? Do I use it? Where do I keep it? So the more things you have, the more decisions you have to make. And the more decisions you have to make, it just kicks you into decision fatigue. On top of the fact that you're like, what is my family eating for breakfast? What is my family eating for lunch? What is my family having for snacks? When do I, you know, you're already as a mom in decision. We're all in decision fatigue, but, and then you add this other level. So when you take stuff away, you don't have to make decisions about it. Yeah. So this other thing comes up in my brain. I'm just thinking my boys are four and two. They're a little bit younger. And I have tried to create good systems for their toys. And some days are better than others. But I do have this kind of fear that I'm going to create this all almost like an inability to just play and not worry about where things go and where they're organized and allow them <sighs> to just have fun and be a kid and not too worried about putting things away. Now. That could be real or not, but I'd love to get your opinion on it of just like, how do you help implement good systems with kids with also not creating, you know, our kids this day and age, they have so many stresses. They have so many things once they get in school that they have to worry about and get their homework done in their schedule. And sometimes there is a part of me as a parent where I'm like, I don't want to give them one more thing they have to do, but I also know it's going to help them operate in a more efficient manner. So how do you kind of balance that? That's Kelsey, that's so great. And that's so admirable to be thinking that way. You know, I think that it's, I I really think what it is, because I have dealt with the people who are the extreme and don't move that and put that, you know, that you like playtime is playtime and you all can go bananas and free play. But we clean up at the end. We put things away. And the reason we put them away is that when we want them tomorrow, we know where they are. Yeah. You know, and I know, I, I know that's easier said than done. And sometimes you're just, but you know, if you can slowly interject and, but yes, you do, you have to let them have free playtime and they have yeah. to not be worried about breaking things or you're mixing it up. And, you know, and sometimes it looks like, yeah, would it be great that the crayons and the markers and the pencils are all in three different things? Of course, but maybe it just needs to be a bin of writing implement. Maybe that's yeah. easiest for your family. So be careful because you do want them to express themselves. But I think you're, you know, you're right. And by the way, I don't know if your kids are in preschool, but I see, you know, people are like, oh, my kids can't. I'm like, they do it at preschool. Yeah. Our our preschool's pretty darn organized with where the kids clean up and they put things away. And it's a part of it. And the kids like, yeah. you know, the kids just do it. So if you do that same thing, like now's our cleanup time and let's spend 10 minutes before you know, dinner. And, and if you really lean into, if you clean up, it means you know where to find it tomorrow. Yeah. If you can draw that thing, like you really want to play with your, 
you know, your Legos or your Duplo or, you know, this is then you'll know where to find it. So when you can draw the correlation of when it's put away, then you know where to find it instead of this is just something we do. And they're, they're smart and they're logical and they're like, oh, you're right. You know, and then sometimes you just let them out in the yard and you're like, let's just make a mess. (laughs) I love that. And it does need to have that balance and tying it back to this is so you can find it. It's not because I want you to follow mom's rules. It's because then you know where your toys are and you don't get upset when you can't find that specific car tomorrow or whatever it is. I absolutely love that. Now, I know with younger kids and maybe even teenagers, I actually feel like there's kind of like an overlap there. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> teenagers are toddlers. Huh? Yeah, in different ways. I, and I'm just thinking about organization systems with mine and the women in our community. Sometimes it's not about saying, OK, the red car goes here, but all the cars go in this box. And like you said, yes. the writing utensils, it's not markers, pencils all separated. It's having the box. I think that applies to a lot of families in a lot of different ways. So can you give us a, a couple examples on how you could implement that into different spaces in your house if you don't have a bucket for everything. How you could kind of start with one section of something. Are there a couple things? You yeah, see like, definitely. I know it's so stressful for people. Is there something in the kitchen that applies to so many? I, I think the first blush that when you look at it is, you know, be careful that you're not over organizing. Right. Yeah. That's very. And this will just full circle back to what we started talking about pantries. Do those decanted pantries look beautiful? Sure. But there's so much work. There's yeah. so much work. And a lot of the people that post them on social media have full-time staff, have help yeah. that do it. So really, you know, I always say this, done is better than perfect. You know, there are things that like, it's not going to be as fine grain as I would like because I'm raising children and this is what it's going to be. You know, I give this great example I have so many, when I was first starting, I had a mom that was like, I keep my hairbrushes and sunscreen in the kitchen, sunscreen in the kitchen. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was around her house. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm. Right. Cause then while they're sitting down eating breakfast, she can slather it on and comb their hair. So I think that's the thing is be careful that you don't have these expectations and you're doing too fine grain of organizing. Yeah. Because that's what's going to trip you up. And especially in the kitchen, this is the little compartment for measuring. And this, and maybe that's like what that looks like in implementing it is that you have a drawer that is the plastic measuring cups and the things that the kid plastic bowls that the kids can play with and they're in and out. And maybe it's not perfectly organized, but they know where that is when they help you cook. So I think where a lot of moms and a lot of people is sometimes they're just trying to make too fine grain of a system. And it's, Mm hard to implement and hard to keep up. Is there a system? I think the most common thing I hear is paperwork. Paperwork Uh from mail, paperwork from school items. Is there one or two kind of tricks that could help that? Yep. So first thing is, I got a bunch for this. Paperwork (laughs) is my jam. The first thing is you go from the mailbox to the recycle bin. You don't let that set it down. Don't even let it get in the house, right? Half of it is like Costco mailers and just things you're not ever going to look at. That stuff goes in the right recycle bin. That's a 30 second, 15 second stop. Next stop is the shredder and the stuff, the credit card offers all those things get shredded. So right there, you have gotten your mail down to your actionable items. Yeah. So that like getting rid of all that. Don't go more than three days without dealing with your mail. That's when it's going to add up. And then, you know, 
one of the things that we have to remember is that we have to build in, I call it the admin of being an adult, right? There's Mm -hmm. admin we have to do, like insurance claims and paying this. And, you know, so oftentimes when paperwork's out of control, it's because one, over-retention, people are keeping too much. And two, people aren't budgeting in the time to run their life. So yeah. when you're like, okay, I need two hours on Wednesday to pay bills, call the insurance company, sit on hold, like you've got to schedule in that admin time and that's going to help you stay on top of the paperwork. And, you know, it just needs, it all, it also needs to be in one place. Yeah. So is it an, is it a basket? Is it an inbox? Is it where do those papers go through? Because we go back to Kelsey, when I need to find it, where does it Yes. Would it be fantastic to have, you know, flippy file folders that are like each kid and each kid's, you know, permission slip and lunch menu that sure. But maybe it's just one basket and all that. And you're like, at least I know it's in there somewhere. That's okay. That works. So where it lives is directly tied to when you need to find it. Where is it? And, you know, it's a matter of training the kids. Maybe it's a basket on the kitchen counter or in the mudroom so that when they come home, drop your papers in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Now, before we click to record, we quickly brought up how just there's different solutions for different people. And we've unpacked that a little bit on here. And that's truly what Mama Has Goals is about, is finding the right resource for whatever it is that you need. But there was a period of time where there was a lot of buzz around this specific organizer and this method of finding joy in your items. And you have a different opinion, and I'd love to break that down a little bit and just kind of hear why that method may not work for some people. So I just want to hear. Yeah, you know, with Sparking Joy, everyone knows who we're talking about. By the way, I will point out that about six months ago after her third child, she came out and said, I just gave up. I don't know if you saw that, but she. I didn't. That's good to know. Yeah, she said, I just, I gave up. And, you know, I think her giving up is that, you know, I think that, I think her method is great. And it started a very important conversation. And I think coming from her religion and her cultural background, but I think it's oversimplified for a lot of people. Because first of all, like there are tools that are like, my toilet brush does not give me joy, but I need it. (laughs) Right. I don't. So like I would get stumped there. There's sentimentality. There's, you know, I might need it someday. I think it's I think it's oversimplified. I think it was a fantastic entry point. I think it was a great conversation. But I really think for a lot of people, it's just too simple. It's just too simple. It's so much more complicated than that. And, you know, I I am, and I'm sure so many of your listeners are part of the sandwich generation, right? They've got young kids and aging parents. And what do you do with the parent stuff that's coming in? I just feel it's, I feel for a lot of people, it's oversimplified. And I wrote my first book, Making Space Clutter Free, about that. Like, it was a reaction. I was like, this is too simple. This doesn't work for everybody. And look, if it works for you, great. But a lot of people are like, got stuck. Like, yeah, you know, and so I think it's, as we know, as humans and on our personal development journey, as many tools as you have in your toolbox, great. The better. Yeah, the better. pull it out when you need it. Pull it out so when to, you need it. To get with that, when I was watching that show, where I could see myself maybe utilizing parts of it, but also getting stuck, both, is my closet. 
And so I'd mm-hmm. love to use like our closet as an example. And especially women, most of us, our bodies have changed over 10 years, especially if we've had children. We don't typically, I'm definitely not the same size I was when I started college, you know, type of thing. But there's this idea of, oh, maybe my body will change back this way or for that specific event, even I will need that item for that event, but I'm not going to go to that event for another two years or whatever it is. How do you find the balance between decluttering your closet, finding joy, keeping those (laughs) items? Where does that apply when it comes to clothing? Uh, This is great. First of all, I don't want anyone we're going to this seems to be it's a great theme in this podcast shame, right? I don't want anyone keeping anything in their closet that makes them have shame. You know, this idea, like you said, like I've had kids. I am not what I was in college. I've been through menopause. Like I am never getting back. Like the weirdest thing happened, but my ribs expanded. Like they just, and they're not going back. So I think this idea of being stuck in the past and maybe I'm going to get back there someday, then you're looking backwards and you're not looking forwards. Like yeah. you're here today and you're living a life. And I just think that's, that's, I don't know. It just, I don't want you feeling bad. So I want your closet yeah. to be full of clothes that you wear and that you love and accepting you might not get back there. And that's okay. You're a human. Yeah. There's something called gravity. Forget weight gain. There's actual gravity. I, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the, I don't know how, but there's a, some videos going around right now where women are walking up to a door jam. Have you seen this where it looks like yep. they're doing the height of their kids, but it's really how their breasts are falling. And yep. it just yep. makes me laugh. I'm like, oh yeah, there we are. I'm there. So I yep. think it's one looking at those. Here's where I am now. Here's where my body is today. It may stay here. So let's have mm-hmm. that. Let's have clothes in our closet that we wear. Now, Sometimes, and I just did this myself, full disclosure, I had a lot of pairs of skinny jeans and they're so cute and they, but they're not in right now. But I'm like, yeah. I put them in a bin. They're in my garage. We'll see if skinnies come back, right? You can yeah. take a little half measure. And also just this idea of someday I might need that for, you know, look, unfortunately, does everyone need a black funeral dress? Yeah, we need something appropriate to wear. Like that stays in your closet. I have a skirt and a blouse and they just, that's what they are. But if you're living in the fantasy, maybe someday I might. Also, if you look at our behavior, a big event comes, your best friend gets married. A lot of times you're going to go buy something new, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's looking at your closet that it's not a place of shame it's mm-hmm. not all these things that are, you know, feel like you're, they're mocking you and you can't wear them anymore. What are you wearing today? Yeah. What are you wearing today? And that's great. And embrace it. I see yeah. this a lot too with women who used to work and then chose, choose to be stay at home moms or work in a different, you know, it's, that yeah. was my work clothes. And it's okay. Well, you're not doing that anymore. I might go back to the office. So it's like, I'm going to bet you if you go back to the office, you are not wearing these clothes from your post college job. Like, yeah, you know. So I think it's really making sure that the things in your closet aren't inducing. Yeah. Okay. You bring up a couple thoughts for me. First is when you go to get rid of those clothes, there can be this tie to money. And I think maybe with a hoarder mm-hmm. parent, you can see some of that too. And if you didn't grow up with exponential income, you are maybe like, yeah, but I paid for that. And now I'm mm-hmm. just going to donate it. How do you overcome that part of it? Great. So great. You know, if you've paid for something and you're not using it, you're still wasting that money, mm-hmm. right? That's, that is the fact. 
you bought something that you don't use, you're, the money's still wasted. So yeah. again, it's that not like, you know, Brene Brown says it, right? Shame, guilt is I did a bad thing. Shame is I'm a bad person. You're like, I made a mistake. I bought those yeah. pants. I never wore them. Guess what? I'm human having a human experience. So I think that, you know, and look, if it's, if, if you are in a position where that makes a lot of difference, can you try and recoup some of it? Maybe sell it. There's a lot of outlets for that. You know, there's a whole movement of people wearing secondhand clothes, which is just fantastic. Yeah. So there is that. So yes, you did pay money, but if you don't wear it, it doesn't matter what you pay. It does not. So I think that's something that people just have to get real with and be like, yeah, great. I made a mistake. Turns out I'm human. I love that. And I love that you brought up boxing up your skinny jeans. If there's certain things that you're not ready to get rid of yet, you're still getting them out of that one space. So you're giving yourself that clarity. And I have a couple of things I've boxed up. And I was literally just talking to my husband. I was like, you know, I should probably just donate that box because I haven't opened it in two years. So the fact that I haven't opened it in two years means I don't probably need whatever is in there for clothing items. And that that brings me to another thought. You know, I'm thinking of a couple things that we've kept of my husband's from when he was really involved in sports. And it's something that we talk about a lot that we're not actually keeping it for him, but we think it would be fun maybe for our kids one day to see parts of it. But I also know the reality that they may really not care. And also, though, if we get rid of those things, we can't get them back. So what is kind of the balance Mm -hmm. of keeping things from like your own childhood to kind of have this fun because we're pretty family oriented people and I love seeing some things from my family's past, but there's a limit. So how do you kind of incorporate that? This is great. I love this. So when I, I, and I use my own life as this, when I was little, my grandparents lived, I grew up in California. My grandparents lived in Wisconsin. Once a year, I would go visit them. And it's some of my most vivid memories. They had a tiny little toy box, toy chest of my mom's toys. Mm-hmm. And I loved them. It had a couple of my mom's prom dresses that I wore around the house, got stains yes. on them, loved it. But it was a very reasonable amount, right? Yes. It was. A, they had an attic. It was one toy chest. My grandpa would bring it down. So I think it's not about, I love keeping those things and I do. Kids love it and they love to hear the stories, but it's about volume. You don't Mm -hmm. have to keep everything. If everything is special, nothing is special. Yeah. Right. So can you say, and I I say this a lot too, to my empty nesters, you get to make a grandma box. You get to make a box or two of things that when, if, and when you have grandkids, they're going to want to play with, but it's about where does it live? Do you have the space to store it? Is it stored safely? Like when people say, I'm saying this for my kids and I'm like, it's just all over the place shoved up in a closet in the laundry room you don't even remember that it's up there and it but if you're like we have two bins one is my husband's sports thing that they're going to love to see you know one is my one is mine or you know this is what we have space to then it's mindful it's intentional it's labeled and when they're ready for it that you know where to get it so that's the thing it's okay we want to see you've been mindful you've been like this is the stuff we're going to save and this is where it lives. And this is where I know where to go and find it. And I think that's great. You know, the big conversation that everybody's been having also lately is yearbooks. Mm-hmm. Do you keep yearbooks? Everybody's on Facebook as just a yearbook now. Yeah. Like I have a couple kids I, you know, they're grown up now, but people I grew up with who are historians mm-hmm. and they play separate. I'm like, I don't need to keep that anymore because 
It's up. Yeah. Erica Washington, bless her. It's like up there. Yeah. You know, I think that's the thing. But I, I do love, I am with you. You know, I am not, let's wipe out history. I, I'm yeah. terribly sentimental, but it's about volume. I love that. Okay, you've given us so many goodies. <laughs> and I know for me personally, I'm headed straight to your Instagram to find the challenges and start there. And if you're really like, I want to go deep and I want to go in, we're going to link both the books below as well. But for the woman that's listening, that's, okay, this is great. Yes, I need to declutter. Yes, I want to implement some of these things. But they're just not maybe going to take action. They're going to get off of this and life's going to happen. What would you tell her? And what would you recommend to like really pursue whatever it is that they need in their life to really create, as you say, that space for more happiness? Uh, the first thing I would say is get clear about why you want to do it. Are you doing it for you and real goals? Or are you doing it because everyone's telling you to do it, right? Mm -hmm. If you're like, my house isn't working. I can't get my kids dressed in the morning. I can't get myself like my house isn't working. I need to do this to get my house working. And what will I gain? What's the positive outcome? And once you get clear with that, all of a sudden the shame floats away and the shoulda, woulda, couldas, and you're like, this is a goal. And I always tell people, start with my five-minute challenges. You can go to my email, uh, my website, and I'll send them to you in a PDF. They're all over Instagram. They're on my YouTube channel. Like, just start with those. They're so easy, and they're so positive. And it's just start and see if it works. And Tracy, remind everyone where they can find you, the best places to go. Absolutely. Instagram, I'm at Tracy underscore McCubbin. You type in Tracy McCubbin, it comes up. That's my biggest platform, tracymccubbin.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. You, there's lots of, you know, my events are coming up there. And then I just started something we're calling Team Tracy, where I'm sending text messages with little videos to your phone three days a week. Monday, it's a challenge. Wednesdays, it's a check-in. And Friday, I'm answering people's specific questions, which everyone, I, the amount of DMs I get, I just can't. So yeah. it's been really great. So if you go to my Instagram profile, the uh, link to sign up is there. It's $4.99 a month, but you can try it for seven days for free. And people are really, it's just a little bit wait to have more access to me and go a little bit I love that. And you know, when you told me that for the first time, I said that is great for this community because it'll keep you on track each week and give you bite-sized action steps that you can just implement each week, one at a time. So absolutely love that. Last question I have for you, Tracy, you just got married. You've had this successful business. You have these two books. What is a goal that you have right now? What is something that you're working on? I want to learn. I want to relearn to surf again. Oh, I gave I up. That. I surfed. I'm I surfed for many years and gave it up when the business got successful. And I want to relearn. I'm committed to relearning to surf. I love that. Amazing. If you are in Southern California and you have any surfing resources, send them <laughs> let me know. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. So I much went for so far here. as I brought my I got my surfboard out of the rafters. Ooh. So I'm feeling good. And I tried on my wetsuit, which doesn't fit anymore. So I let it go and I have to get a new one. There you go. <laughs> I love that. And now somebody else is going to get that used wetsuit and they're going to be able to take on their dream. So I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for being here, Tracy. So many good takeaways today. Thank you, Kelsey. Have a great day. Sometimes the smallest act of love is all a mom needs to feel reinvigorated. If you can relate to that, I'd feel so supported by your five-star rating and written review. 
take a moment and let me know what you thought about this episode. 